0: Hello lovely single mums and thank you for joining this podcast where we'll be talking about giving at Christmas, more specifically how to give, why to give and what it teaches our kids. My name is Lucy Good, and I'm the founder of Beanstalk Single Mums. We're an online space dedicated to supporting and inspiring single mums from all walks of life. We offer a blog that covers everything for your single mother journey, a light-hearted Facebook group called the Single Mum Vine, where we focus on the good parts of single motherhood, my You've Got This Single Mum e-course, as well as exclusive single mum discounts and giveaways. And it can all be found on my website. Site, beanstalkmums.com.au but for this podcast about being charitable over Christmas I'm chatting to Noddy Sharma from World Vision. Now before I let Noddy come in and have a chat to us and tell us how we can donate and why we should donate I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Noddy grew up in the highlands of Papua New Guinea and came back to Australia at the age of nine after his dad passed away from a four-year battle with cancer. As a young man, Noddy did a traineeship as a professional golfer, playing and teaching golf for about seven years. He then started an internship with a local church, studied theology and was a pastor for about 10 years before being recruited as the CEO of a not for profit aid organisation operating in over 100 countries. Wow. Um, For eight years, Noddy had the privilege of travelling the globe, meeting people in all sorts of circumstances in life and seeing firsthand how aid and relief makes a real difference. In the past two years, Noddy has been with World Vision Australia and heads up the work they do in community engagement here in Australia. I'm sure all of our listeners have heard of World Vision, which is Australia's largest not-for-profit operating in over 100 countries with a vision to help the most vulnerable women and children around the globe to have life and life to the full. Noddy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Lucy. It's a delight to be with you guys.
0: It's really great to have you on because not only have we got Christmas literally around the corner, we're on the 1st of December now, that's scary, but we've also got COVID upon us still. When's it going to end? So I'm kind of thinking that you must be really busy. Is is, is COVID affecting the work you do at World Vision a lot?
1: Oh, absolutely. COVID definitely has impacted us, um, especially World Vision, but really around the globe, it's impacted severely. And I mean, it's a bit of a a perfect storm, Lucy. I mean, we've talked about it in terms of you've got COVID, you've got conflict, you've got changing weather patterns due to climate um, change are going on. I mean, all, all of these things are contributing to some pretty massive issues that we're seeing globally. And of course, we know there's nothing new about this, that the people that uh, suffer the most are the poorest countries, the most vulnerable are the ones that really cop the, uh, the real brunt of it. So it certainly has ramped up the work for us. Um, and, I mean, we've looked at some scary stats to kind of see in the, in the aid um, arena. It's probably put us back, uh, you know, close to three decades. And oh, my goodness. You
0: know, that's a lot, yeah, isn't it?
1: It's a lot. It's a lot. So all, all the great work we've been able to do you know, collectively as, as Australians, as other parts of the world have leaned into this with us. I mean, it's it's disheartening to kind of look at the work we've done and think, oh my goodness, it's it's going backwards. But, you know, it's not all bad news. We have seen some incredible things come out. I mean, I, we were so fascinated by some of the things we saw during lockdown. So when Victoria was in its toughest lockdown, we saw giving go up. We saw yes. people actually leaning into the space of sponsoring more children go up. And we wow. saw a similar trend happen in New South Wales when they were in their really tough lockdown. And I mean, all of that says to me that uh, we haven't lost heart and we, we are leaning into and continue to lean into some of the, uh, the tough situations around the globe and recognize that we are incredibly lucky where we are. Um, and that just means that we have more of an opportunity to make a difference in the world.
0: Mm, yeah, COVID's making us more considerate of our fellow humans, whether they are down the road from us. And we've seen a lot of people help neighbours um, and people locally. We see, see a lot of that during COVID. But yeah, interesting to know that people are reaching out and helping others across the world. And certainly looking at the news, you can see how the poor countries are suffering so much. And it makes us grateful to be where we are. And it's really important to recognise that. But look, I've got some questions for you on the topic of this podcast. So I'm going to get started. Are you ready to go, Noddy? I'm so ready, Lizzie. Let's go. Okay, so question one. (laughs) There's no doubt that we can all get carried away in the commercial side of Christmas, especially us single mums. We overspend, spoil our kids, and ultimately it can all feel a bit empty, much like our bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about consumerism at Christmas and why we always, always... Without a doubt, get caught up
1: in it. It's such a great question, Lucy, and and you're right. Like you know, I, it's one of the funny things. It happens to all of us. And, it does. and I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an expert on consumerism, right? But I do notice this that I think um, in my own life, there's things that I've noticed that um, I I have to really wrestle with and battle with. I mean, I think that we we live in a bit of a society that it, it does put um this lens of things that we need or we think we need in front of us you know i mean i think that we're actually preconditioned with this and it's very clever like our culture would talk about the fact that we are the most important people in the world and and it almost uh it almost pushes our buttons into thinking of that to the point that it changes our lens we start to look at things through that same lens always through your own filter of how will this impact me and and i think what that leads to at times is this moment where we start to believe that as long as we have the right picture, like our life looks like the right thing, we have the right things, we're giving the right gifts, it's on trend, it's all of the stuff that we see around us that we're bombarded with, that somehow that makes us feel okay or secure or happy. And and I actually think the truth of this is that happiness and fulfillment in life is not found in what it is that we're supposed to buy or what we can accumulate along the way. But instead, it's actually found in this incredible pureness of stepping into someone else's pain or plight in the world and doing something about it and almost getting nothing back in return. In there is this pure moment of being able to engage with a fellow human being, someone you may never ever get the chance to meet or see and know that their life is going to be better because of an interaction with another human. And, and I think that is the real gift that is given from charities like World Vision, for example, that that they enable that to happen. They enable us as people to step into other people's pain and do something of worth in that moment. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I mean, even as we step into this season, that's that's really for me what Christmas is about. It's, it's about this incredible moment to be able to give a gift that counts, not just for fill our houses with more stuff that's probably going to make the bins in in the next couple of months mm. so I mean it's it's a challenge for us all I mean I, I'm I'm impacted by it too my wife and I we have have had this journey we've got a, a little boy he's nine he took 13 years to come along you know so we we always are wrestling with this thing of we just want to spoil him and love him and make sure he knows that he's loved but I think the most important thing we keep reminding ourselves in that is He knows he's loved by the quality of time we spend with him and the the level of conversation we have, not by the stuff that we put in Christmas stockings or Mm -hmm. put under the tree.
0: And we are responsible as parents to teach that, aren't we? But as you say, we do all get caught up in it. And you can start off, I mean, I know that sort of end of October, beginning of November, when you're starting to think about Christmas, always start out with such good intentions. I'm not going to get carried away this year. I'm not going to buy them too much. I'm going to make sure what I buy is stuff they need. I'm not going to be wasteful. But then you just get surrounded by adverts and other people and you get caught up in it. And we're sort of like so weak to it because there's so much pushing us to keep buying and overdoing it so it is very difficult and that's why it's really important at this time of year to get the message out like we're trying to do today Mm. Um, so for the single mums like me who would like to pull the reins back on Christmas and use it as a time to give to those in need across the world can you explain how we can do this through world vision
1: oh absolutely I mean look this. Especially as we lean into Christmas, there's probably three main ways that you could lean into World Vision and and make a difference in someone's life. And I mean, we've got a campaign right now that's going through that's that's actually talking about a countdown that's going on. So, you know, it leverages off this idea of we're counting down into Christmas. And right now in that countdown, there's actually another countdown going on um, in spaces of the world that we don't often see. And what it's talking about there is the fact that, uh, very sadly, every 16 seconds, a child is dying from things like malnutrition or associated diseases with that, even like gastro, um, which can so easily be stopped. And and so it's this idea of if you sponsor a child um, in the communities that this child is sponsored, healthcare is such a huge part of that whole program. And so you know that you're actually putting a stop to that number of that 16 seconds. We're slowing it down bit by bit. And, I mean, we take that for granted, right? Like I think about, and you'd probably think about this with your own kid as well, Lucy, that... You know, if your kid gets gastro, we just get some electrolytes going on, a bit of Panadol, a bit of bed rest, and we look after them and and they recover. But for so many children around the world, that's not the case. It, it takes them. And I just think that's incredibly sad, especially when we have the, the means to be able to bring that to an end. So um I, I would say the first way is sponsoring a child. If and I'm sure there's plenty of your listeners that sponsor children, and I want to say thank you to them because you guys are legends. But, <laughs> haven't thought about doing it. I really want to, want to encourage you. I mean, we do it as a family because um, we know that it makes a difference. And I know that through World Vision, things like um, access to education, to clean water, to food, to, um, to, to medication where it's needed. And and a huge part of that too is around education in the community. Some simple things around how you, how you stop the spread of gastro, you know, washing your hands and hygiene and, and all of that takes place and through the community work and that's just incredible, incredibly powerful to be a part of. So um, sponsoring a child is is one of the main ways I I would encourage your listeners to actually get involved if they could. We also have gift catalogues at Christmas so it's great in the communities we're in you can jump on and and you can pick things off the catalogue that you know is going to make a difference. It can be education for communities, it can be um, chicken and eggs and goats and cows and bicycles so people can get to and from education centres like These are some of the practical things that are in that gift catalog. They're brilliant. As a side note, we were talking about this the other day with my little boy and um, he saw the goat and he said, he said, Oh, Hey, do you think you can write to world vision and ask them whether we can give them a fainting goat? And, uh, we all laugh, right? if, you've, if you've never seen painting goats you've got to type that into youtube and look it up it's the cutest thing ever oh
0: and well like, that, that's why you see that's why you have to get kids involved when you're doing the yeah. gifting isn't it
1: exactly right but you know and, and we love but i mean the intentions there right it's cute to, to think about that but we just know that those gifts in those communities make a huge difference and then the third way lucy obviously is um you know, a general donation to where it's needed most. There's, there's lots of communities around the world right now that have great need. And, um, and so just making a general donation uh, just on our website makes a huge difference because it just gets to uh, get the funds to where it's needed most and help vulnerable, especially women and children in this moment, in this season, to, uh, to get some very practical things like, uh, like blankets in winter and access to food and shelter um, where, where they've been displaced. Um, and so that's that's a, a huge impact we can have as well.
0: I love the way you've got the visuals around that in terms of being able to sponsor different kinds of animals or whatever, or if it's a child, you know, and you can, it makes it more interesting for people um, and it makes it feel better i think to donate when you actually know where it's going but then you've also got the simplicity of simply making a donation i've got this this um idea that all these communities across the world have got loads and loads of goats in them because i can imagine all the kids who are donating going i want it to be a goat so is there an, <laughs> is there too many goats out there
1: <laughs> uh, no, be, honestly i wish that was the case right i think uh... <laughs> There's, there's always room for catalogs yes, to come in. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, hey,
0: now I'm going to ask a question that I know will be on a lot of people's lists, uh, List Lips, not their lists. So, yeah, there you go. I'm consumerism again. Lists. I've got to write a list of what I'm going to buy Everyone but On everyone's lips, people are always thinking when they donate to charity, the question they're asking is, is my money that I'm spending, sometimes really hard-earned money, um, is that actually making it? to the right place. Can you talk to me about that? Because I know that's what a lot of people think.
1: Yeah, such a great question, Lizzie. And you know what? You're 100% right. Because, I mean, even I've had that thought in the past and my family have even had. My mum came to me one day and it was hilarious her asking that question. Um, <laughs> she said, hey, i found a charity that gives 100%. And I said to her, mum, do not give to that charity. She's like, what? Why? I said, because it means that there's no accountability around it. And sometimes we make the mistake to think that 100% equals um, good stewardship. It's, it's the best that we can possibly do. But we have to realize that we, we, we need an audit trail. We need to make sure there's checks and accounts and balances in place to make sure that the donations we give do no harm. So, I mean, I, I love giving through World Vision because of the fact that they every year they publish a report that basically has the breakdown of exactly where your funds go. And um, it's, it's a smidge over 83 cents of every dollar right now um, makes it to the field. So I think that's, that's an incredible um, statistic and, and that extra 17% or the 17% that doesn't make it, that's used in things like making sure we're accountable, making sure that we know where it goes, that the money trails there, making sure that, that we're, um, we're being able to do things like continue to advertise certain spaces and continue to raise money and fundraise for these places. So You know, um, for every dollar that gets given, I think that's a a pretty good breakdown that 83 cents of that dollar makes it to where it's actually um, needed.
0: I'm surprised it's so high, actually, Noddy. I I didn't think it would be because like you said, I I do marketing. That's That's my skill. And I know that marketing can cost quite a lot of money so that's an incredible amount that actually makes it to where it's meant to go and people can actually go on and find that information for themselves can't they can they do oh, that on the website or
1: absolutely absolutely so on the website it's plastered there in and you know it's uh, as i said every year the uh the, re- the report comes out and you're able to have some confidence because you can Great. just see exactly what uh world vision has done with it all and um yeah it's it's awesome
0: well there's no excuse now is there we've all got to give our world give well, our world vision i can't get any words mixed up today i think i'm excited because it's the last podcast of the year i'm getting excited for christmas um, look so other than buying goats can mm. you suggest ways to get our kids involved with giving to those in need um, how we how do we ignite an enthusiasm in them to be charitable because it is hard isn't it you know it doesn't come naturally in, in our
1: society IT. No, it doesn't come naturally. It it is hard, and I think the responsibility actually sits with us as parents, doesn't it? That uh, it does. If, yeah. If, if we want our kids to be shaped in a certain way and 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 understand what it is to to really be able to lean into those things that are close to our own hearts, um, we we have to be we have to be proactive in it. We can't just sit back and think, oh, it's just going to happen. And and I think that's why you know, and and I love the fact that we get to talk about this, Leslie, because what we do as parents as adults um our kids will model they'll pick up on these things mm. and through the conversations we have it, it starts to model but it also um on, i mean at world vision we, we've been really keen to make sure that we're providing families and parents avenues to be able to easily have those conversations so i, I mean you lucy i am assuming you didn't grow up in australia right i didn't no, no. so yeah for, for your listeners that have grown up in australia I think if you mentioned something like 40-hour famine to them, um, a lot of them would recognise what that was. And 40-hour famine, for those that don't know, it was almost seen as a rite of passage in Australia. Um, And it was this idea that that kids, students, could, could go without food for 40 hours and raise money um, and get sponsorship for completing the task. They would only get to have barley sugar and water for crying out loud. It was, uh, I'm sure barley sugar sales went up during that, that period of time. <laughs> but they, um, they, they would have that and the money that they would um, raise would go to fight famine. And
0: yeah. but Can I just very quickly in, interrupt there? We, we had that in England, but we had the 24-hour oh, yes. famine.
1: 40 oh, hours. The hard-core. God, you're
0: hardcore over here.
1: Hard. We are hardcore. That's, that's why. <laughs> 40 hours, you know?
0: I remember struggling a lot with the 24-hour one. Hats <laughs> off to you for 40 hours as kids.
1: So, yeah, so impressive. And and you know what? It was really seen almost as a rite of passage in Australian culture for, for a long time. And and um and look, I'm so excited that I mean, we uh, when COVID came, it was you know for the last two years we we hadn't done it. It had, we'd had to push our attention to other things, and and so we shelved it for a couple of years, but this year, we were super excited to bring it back. And, um, you know, we're just going to be ramping that up again because, uh, as I mentioned earlier at the very beginning when we are chatting, you know, I mean, there's a famine that's growing in East Africa that, that soon won't be known as East Africa famine. It'll just be known as famine. Um, it, and it's growing at a fast rate of knots. And so we really do need to be leaning into something and, and children understanding this, being able to feel like they have a voice and being empowered to make a difference in the world. I mean, that's a beautiful thing because they are the future and we want the next generations to come to understand that together they are able to do something about our biggest problems in the world mm-hmm. and so you know my suggestion is you know grabbing things like 40 hour famine um, is such a powerful way as a family to be engaged in something um because you all feel it through the process right like if your kid's going hungry for 40 hours i can almost guarantee you you will feel it as a parent because you're going to have to put up <laughs> with the hunger pains, the groaning, the why isn't this 24 hours and, not, and why is it 40? You know, like, you're going to have to put up with all of that. And you'll all feel it as a family. And, and I almost promise you, it will have incredible conversations born out of it where you get to point to some of the real needs that's happening in the world and the fact that you as a family have been able to do something about it. Um,
0: yeah, what well, well, thing. It gives people control, doesn't oh, it?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. And, and I think... The other big part about it for me that I love is that we've spent a fair bit of time thinking through hey, how do we turn this um, away from it just being a once-off moment in the life of, you know, a school calendar every year? And how do we really build it to actually make it so there's touch points all along along the way? So we've got a team of people working on, you know, school curriculum that uh, they, teachers can teach in classrooms around things like Climate change and how that's impacting the world, you know, how, how that leads to, to food insecurity and food shortages. What, what um, And and even through in and around, um, you know, things like COVID and, and what does poverty do and what, what is the lens? Why does it exist? And these are great things for kids in classrooms to be learning about. Um, and then when they step into a moment of being able to do 40-hour it's a it's a natural progression of I understand the issues. Now I want to do something about it. Um, and, and I think that's, that's a, a beautiful space to be in and something that I, I think uh, certainly like my little boy, who's only nine, he, he didn't make it through 40 hours, by the way, he got through 24 and we made him eat. Um, but,
0: <laughs> Why was that? Because you just couldn't bear the moaning. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, you know what? To be honest with you, I knew that my mother would give me grief for allowing my child to actually go 40 hours without food when he's only nine. <laughs> but
0: there you have it, don't you? There you have it. That's the problem, yeah. isn't it? We we Our kids will struggle enormously with that, yet you have got children on the other side of the world all across the world who are dealing with it every day.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, it was a powerful moment, though, because... I could see how he understood the issues more and he, his empathy grew and he was interested. And I guarantee you, um, he won't let us get away with it next year. When it comes around time again, he'll be trumpeted at the bit saying we're doing it again. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that's what we want to see in our kids, right? We want to see them grabbing those opportunities and being willing to step into something that's uncomfortable because mm-hmm. they can see the impact it has.
0: Yeah. And they're actually making a little bit of a difference and that is a really powerful thing for them. They'll want more. We all want more of that, don't we? When we feel that I've just made a difference. I want to do more of that. Um, I've got a friend who, um, suffered from cancer and he's, he's okay now he's in remission, but ever since it was about eight years ago, his son has always shaved his head every year Mm. for the cancer charity. And, um, Every year, without fail, we see it on Facebook and he's asking for money around it. And I just think, what a wonderful thing to do. So it does become a habit, doesn't it, giving? (laughs) Giving is a habit when you get started. And again, like if if we're role modelling it to our kids, it's just a natural thing to do. So just moving a little bit further into that, can you tell us what message it does give to our kids if we openly donate, particularly at Christmas, whilst we pull back on that crazy overbuying and that desperate urge that we all have to keep up with the Joneses.
1: Mm. Yeah, Lucy. I, look, I, I reckon you've just nailed it. It is, it's about modeling. So we, we model really good habits for our kids. So, you know, giving is a habit, but I would actually add giving is a really good habit because it's, um, it, it's in that, in those good habits that we want our kids to pick it up because they will pick up our habits. Good, bad, ugly, I- indifferent. Yes. And, and so the ones that we really want to model are the good ones. And I think giving is one of those ones because it shows empathy. It shows that we care. It, it shows that we're actually part of a bigger picture. I mean, sometimes we make the mistake of, uh, of, of almost um, thinking about humans and putting them into categories with what, um, what defines us, you know, what, what sets us apart. But actually, I think underneath the surface, there's probably more things we all have in common and that we should be united around than we should be separated by. Mm. And, and I think that message of giving, that message of inclusion, that message of, of, of really seeing people for people is, is incredibly important for our kids to pick up on. Um, I also think that, that you know, and, and you named it that almost keeping up with the Joneses, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because... Mm. When you even think about that for a moment, you think, well, well who are the Joneses? Uh, are they the people that you <laughs> benchmark? Good question. You know, for, for what your life wants to look like. And, and, and I'm not sure, like I, I find that profoundly unhelpful um, for myself because you end up, you end up putting and sacrificing some really good things in your life to try and build a picture of what you think is important. Mm-hmm. And um and, and I just think, gee, what, what an amazing gift it would be to give our kids, the next generation, that the Joneses don't look like the people on the street that are the wealthiest. The Joneses look like people that don't have anything. And in actual fact, we want to lift them up. Yeah. So, you know, I, and, and, and we've tried to purposely build some stuff in, into how we parent Jesse. And I mean, one of the things we've done this year, even with that, with the thought of COVID, just, completely changed everything both here and, and overseas, you know, here it's, it's, uh, you know, we walked into Christmas thinking, oh man, are we going to make it? Are we going to be able to gather and have our normal family gatherings and people in our homes and lunch together, you know, or, or are we all going to be in lockdown and be doing it virtually? And, you know, so we're super excited to be walking into this space and think what a blessing we're going to, you know, fingers crossed if nothing changes be able to, to meet together in person and um, you know, have a room full of laughter and joy and, and celebration together. But in the lead up to that, we were just thinking about how many people around the world that may not have that as their reality. And so, you know, normally what we do with Jesse is we say, okay, you know, to try and put some boundaries around presence, we say, okay, we, we, we and so many people would probably do this, that we're going to buy you something you want, something you need, something to wear and something to read. And then this year we decided what we'd do is we'd add one more because mm-hmm. of the space that we are in in the world. And so we added, you know, and something for someone else in need. I love
0: that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it's been fascinating having a conversation with him when we've been talking about, okay, well, let's go through what it is that we're going to do in this space. We've spent more time talking about that last one than we have about the other four. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I love that. I, as a parent, I kind of sat back and looked at that and thought, that's actually really healthy and um and that's good that's where our discussion sits
0: yeah and the fact that that you, you've said it's got to, there's got to be something in there that is something for someone in need and yeah. they can then look at the world vision website and choose what that is going to be with a really clear visual of what they're actually doing however old they are they're going to understand that yeah. so you're still allowing them to make a choice about what that what that is, and that's really bringing them into it so that they are part of that giving experience. And it's funny that something you need, something you want, something to wear, etc. That comes up a lot on my Facebook group because there's so many single mums like me who are just trying desperately to pull it back Um, Mm. I've got two teens now I feel very old one's 15 and the other's 18 and ridiculously I still do stockings for them Um, but (laughs) this year for the first time they're horrified that I've actually said we'll go out shopping and will buy all the stuff for your stocking together. And they're horrified that it won't be a surprise from Santa. But I said, I'm just not putting, I'm not spending money on stuff you don't need. And everything we buy has to be something you need, whether it's undies, you know, bikinis, beach towel, I'm up on the Sunshine Coast, whatever it is, it's gotta be things that you need, use this opportunity to get them. Um, Why, oh God, mum, but then we haven't got the excitement. I said, yeah, you're gonna have to forego that because we're just not being wasteful this year. So I've already got them into a habit of buying them a load of crap every Christmas Day morning that they have to open. And that's what they're so used to. So sometimes it's quite difficult to ease them out of old habits and get them into new ones. <laughs> yeah. I'm finding. No. <laughs> so Definitely. don't do that's what I'm just giving you, don't do what I do.
1: <laughs> it's too late, Lucy. We've already got the stocking as a surprise.
0: <laughs> oh no, oh no, you have to take it all back. <laughs>
1: Yeah, do something different
0: <laughs> the other thing I do do which is a good thing is I do donate time to charity so I work in a charity shop once a week um,
1: and awesome. my kids
0: see me do that um, and so that's part of mum's life that's what mum does and wouldn't be at all surprised if because that's what I do they go on to do it I don't think that any of their friends have got mums that do that but it's Mm. just showing to them that it is possible to fit something into your life for somebody else as it is I thoroughly enjoy it Um, and I wouldn't give it up because I get so much pleasure from doing it both because it's an enjoyable experience but also like you said at the very beginning there is something wonderful about doing something that is for somebody else and absolutely no return for yourself um, so it, we, that's how we role model, isn't it? And it, it can be in any way. There's millions of different ways that we can do it, but start doing it early, I would say.
1: <laughs> oh, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And I think, I think it is, a, that's where it comes back to the What are the good habits? What are the habits that you know that are good in your life that you want to continue to actually model to your children? And I, mean, I, I often think of it this way, Lucy, when, when I'm old and grey and I'm looking back at um, Jesse and him as an adult, what do I want his life to look like? And what can I put my finger on to say, I helped actually shape that?
0: Yes. We've got so much power to do that right now, right here I, and now, isn't it?
1: Totally.
0: Okay, I've got my last question for you now, Nodi. So World right. Vision focuses on global issues and current emergency, which I know can be distressing to read about, but I'm a firm believer in sharing this kind of news with my kids in an age-appropriate way because I want them to appreciate how lucky they are to live in such privileged society with wonderful lives in a beautiful, safe country. And I never want them to take that for granted. How can I and other parents firm up this message to our kids without terrifying them? Because there is some scary stuff out there, isn't there?
1: Oh, there absolutely is. And first of all, it's well done. I, I love that that's, uh, that's even on your heart to actually have that few kids. And it is a really tough one, isn't it? Because I think as parents we want to protect our kids, um, you know, but uh, and, and we don't want to frighten them. We, we we don't want to actually make them feel like the world is a scary place that they can't engage with. Mm. Um, but at the same time, we want them to actually be well informed. And we do live in a time and age where um, we are bombarded by information, and uh, and our kids are no different. You know, with the access to internet and iPads and screens constantly there. You, you can't let them just live under a rock and try and shelter them from some of the stuff that's going on. and interestingly enough, I mean we, we've just done this uh, campaign where, uh, called the hunger bites and, and it's it's fantastic right It's this idea of a, of a cook that's come out. We've had some amazing chefs that have come in and, and shared some of their favorite recipes of how to feed a family of four for14 dollars. And, and, you know, so the obvious question is why $14 um, in, in one meal? It's because uh, for an average family in um, in places like Uganda, for example, $14 is, is like their, their monthly food bill. So mm-hmm. it's it's like, well, here is the challenge. How can we do this and, and how can we make this work? And it's really just building awareness. And, um, but in the process of putting that together, uh, the team at World Vision went and they, they sought out a child psychologist and just wanted to ask some of the questions in and around exactly what you're naming of how do we make sure that we do this in a in a, a healthy way and um and it was it was so interesting um i mean she's the the professor sophie um having i think her name is and um she's a children's clinical psychologist at the university of melbourne and she gave uh, five really useful tips um and let me just quickly share them with you and then mm, i'll i'll yeah, see more about it so what she said was uh, that we as parents should not totally shroud children or prevent them seeing these things, mm. right? Um, she also said that, remember, that children can cope with way more than we think. They're more resilient than we think. And we've probably seen that through COVID, through lockdowns. You know, uh, I mean, I was blown away by just how resilient Jesse was, um, you know, and and setting himself Google alarms to get onto WebEx meetings, et cetera. I mean, at nine, there's no way I was doing that. Um, but just re- resilient, it, it, it's incredible. Um, and then I, and she makes the point too that, that when we do talk about um, some of these issues that we see or things that they catch on the news or questions they ask because they've caught a snippet of something that's going on, um, that we just have to ensure that it's pitched at the right level for their age. So understanding, um, you know, your child's age and understanding their temperament and how they're going to cope with something and how they're going to process it is actually really important, because it just means that you can, as a parent, manage how you have that conversation. She um, just says, show them and tell them about people's experience. So, um, it, you know, especially if your child feels confident and safe in your family household, you know, um, you can use that to actually share how someone else might, uh, might experience something or what is happening for someone else. And, and almost use that to say, um, or hold it up as a mirror to say, and isn't it amazing that we are in this particular space and time and this is how we feel here, or we're not going through that. And that, that also with the art to build empathy in it. And then it's, it's also about, uh, you know, trying to get the balance right between how much exposure you give them um, without, without really making them feel um, almost confronted by that to the point of them being unable to do something with it. And, and I think if we start to think through some of those really helpful tips, we start to realise that um, we've got a great opportunity as we see some of the major issues around the world unfolding to uh, to not try and hide what's happening, but instead to really engage with it. And I, I like to think of pointing to what could be. So, you know, you have the reality of what is, and then we have, the, the world that we almost see, the, the world that we think should exist and why it should be like that, one that has peace and love and life in all its fullness for everybody, uh, um, equality happening, justice happening, you know, um, this embracing of everyone in diversity. I, I mean, that is a world that we all would look at. And you could probably say it's a pipe dream, but it, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that we should be aspiring to change the world, make it a better place. And we have the power to do that with our children Um, when we present these things and the real issues that are actually taking place in a way for them to understand that the first and foremost point of this is understanding the issues. When you can understand the issues, you can understand another person's point of views, their plights, their position in life. It enables us to start to think through with them of how we can change this, how we could make it better, how we could make it different, and how we could actually bring equality around the world
0: yeah that's just so brilliant, and, like you say, it is a pipe dream, but there's so much room for movement in there okay we we 're not going to make it perfect, but we can make it a hell of a lot better and 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 it's our kids who are going to be the ones who are doing that, and the sooner they know what's happening in the world in a way that they understand, the sooner they can start thinking about it um I I think because you say Jesse's nine, so I'm sure you've got some level of control as to what he can see and what he can't on his device. Whereas I've got older kids who, especially with COVID, stroke the vaccine, not going to get into a discussion about that like (laughs) everyone else. they, they are seeing a lot of anti-vax stuff on their screens a lot of it and so i think certainly when, they, when they're getting older and they're able to watch what they want to watch it's about teaching them as well what are the reliable sources you know google isn't telling you the truth all the time you've got there, there is truth on there but you've got to learn to dig deeper and look and see where your resource is coming from Who's telling you this? Who's answering your question? And when, you, when you've seen that, you can then decide whether to take it seriously or not. There's a lot of education that we have to do to help our kids understand that. I've lost count of the amount of times that one of my kids has said, oh, well, I looked up on Google and it said this. Well, that means... <laughs> Nothing, <laughs> really, does it? I mean, one, no. as wonderful as Google is in so many ways, you do have to dig a little bit deeper to make sure you're getting your information from the right place. Otherwise, it can be extremely damaging and send you off in completely the wrong direction. So that's where we need to guide them, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and you know what? You've just made a, a really important point too, Lucy, that we as people, you know, even as, even as adults, we can get caught up in that too. Oh, we do, so, yeah. The, it's the same thing for us is is that what who do you trust and and how do you actually do the appropriate level of research to determine what's going on and i also think it's about the lens and posture we carry i mean our ceo daniel wordsworth he's he's awesome at world vision and one of the things that uh, he talks about is that the world is actually good and and i mean we could look at the world at times and think no it's 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 not you know, like like people aren't good, but but he's saying no, people are good. Given the chance, people will rise to what you believe them to be. And, and and the world is actually a place of abundance, not scarcity. And and we all have power, in fact, hold the power to be able to make lasting change. And I mean, if we think about that, if that's your mindset as you step in, that, that the world is abundant, people are good, and that that we can make a change, we can make a difference, it, it means that you're not looking for the worst you're not looking for those things you're you you start to actually carry a posture in your family in your workplace in your life in your community where you're pointing to things that are good abundance that's available and the chance that we all have to make the world better
0: Mm. and that's a mindset that we have to instill in our kids isn't it and I've got a million other things I want to say but I'm looking at the times I haven't got time to say them I'm really annoyed but um, I I think if I start I'll never stop because I, I agree so much so look we're going to have to wrap it up but before we do noddy can you just remind us where we can go to find world vision if we're thinking of donating or if we're going to encourage our kids to donate this christmas
1: yeah awesome Hey, look if you just jump onto the website www.worldvision.com.au it's all there you can actually find your gift catalogs you can sponsor a child you can make a donation you can see some of the emergency appeals that are happening right now and um yeah let me just pause and say thank you, Lucy, for having us. Thank you for your heart to want to actually uh, see us lean into giving this Christmas. And to all your listeners, thank you so much for having me and for uh, yet yeah, listening to us yabber on. <laughs> I, I hope and pray that your Christmas is amazing um, and that your family is abundantly blessed and that as you lean into this space of giving and giving to those in need, that, uh, that yeah, it would just be a really rich and meaningful moment for you as an individual and as a family.
0: I don't know how anyone can resist it now. Thank you for that, Noddy. It's been it's been a really fabulous chat. And as I mentioned earlier, it's actually the last podcast of the year for me. So I feel that we've end, uh, ended on a really happy, positive note um, about giving at Christmas. So. Noddy, thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to share your views around giving alongside the brilliant ways to donate via World Vision.
1: Thank you so much Lucy.
0: Thank you and to the single mums listening if you've never donated at Christmas perhaps this is the year to start and if you do get your kids involved it's a fun way for them to give whilst understanding what's happening in the rest of the world and to practice practice gratitude in their own lives and remember if you've not visited my website beanstalkmums.com.au make sure you do not only will you find more podcasts like this but there's heaps of other wonderful resources for your single mother journey including my e-course where you can get more in-depth support from me and one final point before we leave you If this podcast has helped you, and I hope it has, please take just 30 seconds to rate and review it. The more reviews we can get, the easier the podcasts are to find by other single mums who need support, guidance and companionship on their single mother journeys. So for the last time this year, I'll speak to you in 2022. Thank you, ladies.